Kyoto Wellington. It's B-Side Stories for Wellington Access Radio. I'm Laura. And last week in New Zealand was Organic Week. So as an end cap to the celebration of organic food, the Sustainable Business Network hosted a series of speakers at Sustainability Trust in Wellington. And they spoke about urban farming and how ideas of regenerative agriculture in our communities can make cities climate change ready. So I spoke to some out-of-towners who were at the event who shared their vision and experience of urban farming. So those are the voices you'll hear on the podcast today. I spoke to a man named Bailey Perryman. He's from Cultivate Christchurch. That's an urban farm that gives work experience to youth from disadvantaged backgrounds. And you'll also hear Sarah Smuts-Kennedy, who helps to found For the Love of Bees and Organic Garden Market up in Auckland. Those are the voices you'll hear later. The first voice you'll hear is our own Lori Foon, friend of the podcast, who, as part of the Sustainable Business Network, uh, helped to set up the event. And she just spoke about bringing those speakers to Wellington and the importance of their message. Here's Lori. So I currently work for the Sustainable Business Network and we as an organisation, one of our co-puppers is around a sustainable food system. And this week is Organic Week and I found out that this amazing group were looking for a, of speakers were looking for a way to come to Wellington to talk about... Uh, urban regenerative farms and cities to be climate change ready. And that rocked my socks so much that I really tried to make this happen. Well, actually, we did make it happen that they could share that vision and pathway to, uh, to success with us in Wellington. Um, and their vision is to see... A regenerative urban farm within one square kilometre in every urban centre in New Zealand. And what I love about envisaging that future is that is a doable thing. Yeah. So, Laurie, how should we feel about the future? Should we be scared about climate change? Or um, what did we learn here today that gives you hope? We are, as Sarah said, in a climate crisis. However, when we're told that there we need to be in a position of fear, it does not help us. And I think we need to be given clear pathways on how to create solutions that we actually enjoy and that have other if impacts. And that is why I love this co-papa, is that they're delivering health and well-being food to communities, jobs, and really healing our soil systems so that we're creating food for the future and taking waste out of our landfill and turning it into food. Neat. Thanks, Laurie. (laughs) Great. Hello, my name is Bailey Perryman, and I am the co-founder and director for Cultivate Christchurch. Awesome. What brings you to Wellington? To speak to the lovely people of Wellington about Cultivate Christchurch and how we got started and 
what it is that we're doing on a, on a high level. There's lots of things that we do, but in a nutshell, that's urban agriculture and youth development. Awesome. So I found what you were doing with youth development so unique. So do you want to talk about the vision of um, Cultivate Christchurch and how you're incorporating uh, the people in with the food that you grow? Yeah, so the I think what makes it unique is, and this is what our young people tell us, is that just a farm by itself would be quite a mundane work workspace for them. And just another youth program would be exactly that. Here's another service trying to fix me. Uh, when you put those things together, it, it is creates something that's dynamic and, and inspiring and engaging. Uh, and it also creates a space where we can really open up conversation around uh, just by spending time along uh, alongside each other working uh, towards something that is um, uh, bigger than bigger than any of the individuals involved you know that towards the purpose of the to grow food and to get that to our customers and to our community that that opens up a space to form a relationship to really go into a deeper deeper place to understand what's going on in um, each other's lives and, and how we can uh, remove any of the barriers and, and um, work towards the goals. How do the young people that help on your urban farms find your organization? They, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I mean, they, in their words, they, they find it a safe place. Uh, it's often uh, the only safe place they have in their life. Uh, they, these are the, typically the young people we're working with intensively uh, will be a combination um, of homeless or uh, in the mental health system experiencing acute mental, mental illnesses um, in the youth justice system so being treated like a criminal often sometimes for quite actually fairly low level um, crime uh, and you know that they need work they've been kicked out of school the housing situation if, if they are living at, at home is, is um, not supportive and so you know they're in a really experiencing some really difficult circumstances so uh, when they come to us they find that uh, there's there are solutions to, to all of those things and they start to feel empowered to deal with that and uh, move move towards the things that they really value. Yeah. You think there's an opportunity for similar models in Wellington and around New Zealand? Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of people over across the country have expressed interest in uh, taking aspects of what we do and, and replicating it in their own communities. And and we encourage that as, as and and share our knowledge as much as we can. It's ultimately down to the individuals who want to lead those projects or the groups who want to lead those projects to to make sure that what they're proposing is, a, is relevant for their community and it's actually what the community is, is asking and, and needs um, and work on the strengths of, of, of uh, those who are there and, and, and the, the needs that they're articulating so it's not a cookie you know one size fits, fits all cookie cutter approach uh, but there are definitely um, lessons from what we've through what we've created that uh, transferable for sure Bailey um, 
I wanted to ask if, you know, you've sort of built this cool uh, urban farm that has sustainability and um, social well-being at its core. Has the earth always been important to you or, or what sort of background do you have that made gardening and um, sort of youth development what you are passionate about? Uh, I think the obvious answer to that is that kind of uh, where I am today is the sum of, of, of all of my experiences across across my life but just, just in short my dad always had me and my brothers outside picking plums off the ground and and processing them and chopping chopping wood for fire and making compost and so I I, I didn't really know it or appreciate it at the time but I was um, brought up and just doing those those things and eventually I found my own uh, the the own kind of locus or, or center of my own interest and inspiration in doing those things and once I the the youth side of things so I think. And I grew up in an environment where I was running in the hills and, and um, you know, Kiwi kids just get blessed with this environment to play in it and surfing in the ocean. Um, so that, that natural connection, I think, is there. Um, the connection with the natural world came. The, the inspiration for the youth work side of things was mostly, for me, inspired by going to the university, learning all the challenges, wanting to go out there and make an impact and then finding it really hard to actually find a place for myself to do that and uh, having to justify wanting to do something that I saw as uh, inherently good in my community. It was really hard to make a livelihood doing that. So then I realized I could create opportunities to achieve that, not only just for myself, but for others. So kind of just focused on now just creating yeah creating space that is opportunity creates opportunities for, for young people to really unleash their potential thank you for coming and sharing your experiences in wellington you're welcome it's an honor are you ready to start yeah so just say your name and uh, introduce yourself hi i'm sarah smuts kennedy and i'm an artist and a biodynamic gardener and the vision holder for for the love of bees sarah what what brings you to wellington well, actually, I'm from Wellington. I was born and bred in Eastbourne. Um, so it's really fantastic to be coming back here and um, doing some work here. We, um, I'm the vision holder for, for the Love of Bees, as I said, and we have been um, working for the last three years to conceive of a concept that we could share easily um, around how urban farming could be considered to be climate change-ready infrastructure. And so we've come to Wellington today to bring some real live um, stories of projects that are attempting to do that, bring some of the data, bring some of the scientific experts, so that we can um, all start collectively up and down the country imagining how we could be generating um, an urban farm and living compost hub every one kilometre in our cities as part of the rollout over the next three years that is going to enable our cities to become climate change ready. Uh, what will it look like in my neighbourhood in this future where uh, there's an urban farm every one kilometre? Will my day or my um, food sources be different? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Well, for a start, you won't necessarily have to um, put your food waste out on the curb. You'll be able to uh, collect it in your home and, and maybe your 20-litre bucket um, and then walk down to your urban farm. You'll be able to walk. You could ride if you wanted to. You Ride a bicycle, of course. Ride a bicycle, that's right. You'll be able to um, hand over your resource to help you grow more food and you'll be able to um, buy your vegetables at the very least from um, a local source. So you'll, be, you'll know that you are a closed system within your local community. The other thing is, is that you probably will be gathering there um, you'll be walking past there at night, you'll be witnessing your food being grown, you might even stop in and do some volunteer hours, you might choose um, once a week or once a month to go and do um, some time banking there, to learn some skills there. It's going to look beautiful, so the city's going to look incredibly beautiful because we're going to have a lot of biodiversity, um, a lot of flowers, a lot of green, it's going to be cooler. Um, it's going to be a very, it's going to, these communities tend to socialise around these spaces so you're going to know probably a lot more people in your community than you currently know because you've met them randomly um, going to the space, you're all, you're all going to the space, you, um, you um, are probably going to be feeling really kind of happy because um, it's such a, you know, you feel really connected to nature. We know that the closer you are to nature, there is, I mean, it's, it, I'm not making that sort of stuff up. You've, you tend to feel quite optimistic. Um, so I think they're going to be, our cities will look, look very beautiful. They will be walkable. You won't have to, you know, if you run out, you won't have to buy a lot of food all at once because you'll just be able to drop down to your urban farm within walking distance, even if you live in an apartment, to, you know, think about, oh, what am I going to cook tonight? I, I could go and buy um, some food from that farm. Wow, okay, so uh, I guess this might be a very big question, but what does that uh, interesting and different future have to do with resolving climate change? The best way for me to answer that is that um, two months before Christmas, we started to um, occupy a site at the top of Simon Street in Auckland which is really very central. We have 600 square metres. We were meant to have it for five years, but at the last minute we got told we would have it for one year potentially, you know, and then rolling lease after that. But because we're in artwork, we thought that would be a fantastic time frame to prove how quickly you can actually really turn your ecosystem around. So two months before Christmas, there was absolutely nothing in that site. By January, we have photographs of it being um, very dense vegetation and all of it food, not just food for human beings but also food for um, pollinators, for other um, insect species that are critical to our ecosystem well-being but also massive um, feeders to, of exudates, sugars, to soil biology. So we had a soil test done um, before we entered that site um, and then we had another soil test done uh, about a month ago and we have already in uh, um, less than six months added without bringing material onto that site 
um, 10 tonnes of organic matter, which correlates to carbon on that site. We are starting to, so that's really significant. Now, what's truly significant, if we've been using synthetic fertilisers um, and other synthetic inputs, we it's likely we would have degraded that ecosystem already by nine tons of organic matter so that becomes very significant. We're just about to start collecting other data sets and we don't have the funds necessarily to do that so we are working with universities that we have access to and trying to inspire our professors and our students to partner with us and um, we will be we'll be testing um, in the coming week the air filtration capacities of that site so we know in Auckland that we have really dirty air um, you know, we will be able to collect real data around our um, peppers actually, which are, are extremely high. We, we had incredible growth rates on that site, considering we had no time to rehabilitate that site through growing. We're doing it as we're doing it. The, um, the food inputs have been huge. So what does a climate change ready city look like? It's a city that's dealing with um, materially sequestering carbon in every single green space that they have, every opportunity. Um, where there's green space, I believe, should be now filtered through how much carbon can we sequester in that space. We should be looking at what are the biodiversity values that all of our green spaces can deliver to us. But also we're starting to think about, you know, how can that green space start to absorb the rainfall? Because what we're happening now, was we've learnt today with the nitrogen cycle, one of the outcomes of that is that our soil systems actually close up and we're no longer getting, our rain is no longer penetrating our soil. Um, which means it's not going down into our aquifers, but we're getting runoff. So, you know, a climate change ready city has soil systems everywhere that are able to retain and store water. They are also, um, a climate change ready city is a city that has masses of biomass photosynthesizing, but also cooling our ecosystems. We're going to have a, a serious issue with food security if we don't attend to it. And in New Zealand, where we have a big export um, focus, we need to be thinking, particularly as a lot of our good soils get housing on them, we need to be starting to think about how we're going to feed our local economies without using a lot of carbon. But also the great thing about this system is that you can be doing that by attending to a whole lot of other multiple things that have currently been perceived as problems but now are seen as resources and opportunities. The other thing that these spaces do is they're going to create local jobs and that's incredibly important. The average age of farmers currently is 65 years old and the access to land is out of the reach of most people who want to farm. What's tremendously exciting is that as young people start to get a sense of wow climate change ready agricultural and horticultural systems, regenerative systems, are a really credible way to very quickly deal to our atmospheric conditions which are not working for us. They want to actually become farmers. You know, a lot of them want to become farmers. So we need to be turning these opportunities into jobs. We cannot become climate change ready on volunteer hours. We have to be as as diverse communities looking at how we can make sure that our young people can actually professionalise the sector in our cities. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm all for regenerative agriculture happening in our rural sector as well, but today's conversation was about urban agriculture. Optimism, that's going to be a seriously important value as we move into climate change. Social cohesion, as I said before, 
is, a, is what happens naturally around these projects. You know, you just feel great. And when you feel great, you want to do it. Or you, We cannot make... Um, ecosystem well-being our regenerative uh, uh, a burden we have to make it a joy and optimism social cohesion uh, doesn't exist in some communities currently over overseas they really are bearing the brunt of these issues in a way that those things have been eroded we shouldn't take for granted that we still have that in our in our communities and we need to treasure it and these systems really nurture and facilitate that muscularity around those things but what I would say is that all of this happens through one tremendously important muscle and that's called our imagination. We have to be able to imagine this first and if you're sitting at home and you're listening to this and you're going, you know, well, what could I do to make a difference? I would say to you, start imagining it as a possibility. Imagine it for 10 minutes really muscularly every day and you will actually be helping starting to manifest it. The other thing is start buying organic. Beautiful. You've talked about farming as art and farming as in a place for science and research and... Um was a very unique and inspiring way to think about it. So thank you for sharing your vision in Wellington. And you know what? It's so nice to be back in Wellington and the communities with you have the most incredible communities in Wellington. You already have the most incredible infrastructure opportunities. I really think that Wellington's gonna take to this and we're gonna see this rolling out really quickly. Kia ora. Thank you for listening to this episode. It is totally related to amazing urban agriculture initiatives that are happening right here in Wellington and the Hutt Valley. And you can find interviews about those in our back catalog. So get into your podcasting app or on our SoundCloud page and find Julia Milne from the Common Unity Project and Jen Cooper, who spoke to us about KaiCycle. Those are both in the B-Sides back catalog. So to learn more about the things happening right here in Wellington, uh, you can find it all on B-Side Stories. Thanks for listening.